Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I am James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. Livestock is politically sensitive, but we need to deal with sensitive issues to solve the problem. We have got that story plus AISI, but first, Rise of the Right party of far-right populists set for stunning victory in Dutch election. Grabbing this from NPR. He's called Islam a backward religion. He's named the Prophet Muhammad a pedophile. He wants to ban mosques. And now Geert Wilders and his party poised to win the Dutch national election by a wide margin. Wilders, a politician who's made a name for himself through his anti-Islam and anti-European Union rhetoric, appears to be in the lead in the Netherlands election with the most parliamentary seats, according to early results. The Dutch voter has spoken, said the 60-year-old in a victory speech at the cafe in The Hague. We will ensure that the Netherlands will return to the Dutch. Early election results show Wilders' party for freedom winning 37 seats in the 150-seat Dutch parliament, 12 seats ahead of its closest rival, the Labour-Green Alliance, led by EU climate policy veteran Franz Timmerman. Still, with fewer than a quarter of seats in the national parliament, Wilders will now have a shot at approaching other parties to try and form a coalition government. It won't be easy. Most parties have vowed not to govern with Wilders due to his extremist views. In other Votalulia news from mainstream media sources, right-wing nationalist takes power in New Zealand. Conservative former businessman Christopher Luxon, L-U-X-O-N, sworn in as New Zealand's new prime minister on Monday after a decisive election victory in October. Luxon's National Party won 38% of the vote October 14, capturing 48 seats compared to the second-place Labor Party getting 27% of the vote, enough for 34 seats. The 53-year-old Luxon, who previously served as an executive in the airline industry, replaces far-right COVID tyrant Yacinda Ardern's Labor Party. And finally, for your far-right hat trick, far-right outsider Javier Millet wins Argentina's presidency. Javier Millet, M-I-L-E-I, won Argentina's presidential elections in provisional results, wrenching his country to the right with a bombastic anti-establishment campaign that drew comparisons to once and future King DJ Trump, all against the backdrop of one of the world's highest inflation rates. You can read more about Javier Millet on his economic World Economic Forum page. James, I'm not sure how you can be an outsider and a globalist stooge at the same time, but what Whatever, man, the people voted harder for hope and change, outsider candidates, and those outsider candidates can now say, take that establishment, I'm now one of you. That, that'll show them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up, James. I know you know this because I, I've been doing this 16 years, you've been doing this 18 years, going on 19. Uh, so you remember back in the noughties, back when the alt-media sphere was one one-thousandth of what it is today, and what was the dividing, the bright dividing line between conspiracy realists in the alt-media sphere at that time and the coincidence theorist normies out there, was that they still believed in the left-right, hey, we can we can put our vote in the slave suggestion box and we'll change things, man, and you're a, oh, you're an evil libtard, oh, you're a, you're a far-right Nazi, and those terms and those ideas and that voting and all of that 
still meant something. But now that we have come to 2023, and of course, more and more and more and more people are f are piling into the conspiracy realist space because it's undeniably true, they are bringing their normie politics with them. And they still believe left and right, they're really different, man, and we're going to get rid of those left-wing libtards and replace them with these outsiders. Oh, wait, they are World Economic Forum stooges, and they're literally on the same page. And I know people will hear this, and it will go in one ear and out the other. But anyway, left and right are two wings of the same bird of prey, and that bird of prey is coming for you. That is what this game is about. So I know, as I say, people will not listen to me. Because they've already decided, okay, I'm I'm team red, I'm team blue, whatever. And hey, he's wearing the colors that I like, therefore he must be a good guy who's going to save things and make it better. Okay, so just on a lark, just as an experiment, as I saw these different uh, uh, selection stories passing through my news feeds, I thought, hey, how about if I just take an issue and see just how much hope and change we're going to get from these far-right wingers who are going to take it to those libtard commies. And so I decided, okay, what's what's popping at the moment? Oh, I know. How about the Zio-Nazi ethnic cleansing genocide in Gaza? Where do these people stand on that? So just, I just typed in their names and Israel and just, let's, let's just see what comes up. Uh, Prime Minister-elect Christopher Luxon hasn't seen any advice to suggest Israel isn't respecting international law in Gaza. No, of course not. Uh, with Israel flag in background, Wilders celebrates exit poll predicting major Dutch election vi victory. And, oh, the creme de la creme, Millet's conversion to Judaism seals pro-Israel push by Argentina. <laughs> yeah, hope and change, guys. They're going to change that status quo. The right wing are there to sell the military-industrial complex version of the bankster agenda for globalism and the left wing are there to sell the the domestic terror ooh you know the, the those far right nazi mega cap wearers are your real enemies to keep each other fighting with each other so that we are still in service of the greater globalist agenda case in point i was amazed to see what the riot craziness taking place in dublin recently of all places my former home city for a year. And uh, what was all this about? Oh, okay, so some, an immigrant, an Ill illegal immigrant, I'm not sure, um, stabbing someone, going crazy, and you get all of these people protesting the, the immigration idea in, in Ireland and all of the, the demographic craziness taking place there. And so what happens as a result of that? Facial recognition by police could come to Ireland faster after Dublin riots. Of course, because people who had those, you know, those civil liberty concerns about facial recognition cameras going up everywhere. Now, actually, you can get both sides cheering for this, because on the right side of this uh, bird of prey, you'll, you'll say, oh good, well, if we get the right winger in power, then they'll be able to use this to track all those illegal immigrants and get them out of the country. And the left wingers will be able to say, no, 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 we're going to use this facial recognition to f hunt down all those rioters and protesters and people who don't like what we're doing. And they can all cheer on the facial recognition. It's just that now it's even more important that you vote even harder because you have to get that ring of power so you can use it to beat 
beat your enemy over the head, and if you don't, they will. And this becomes the life and death struggle that everyone's engaged in to get that ring of power. This is the essential struggle for your existence, and it is all a game that is being played to get you to give your entire identity over to an agenda that is selling you out to a globalist, bankster-led world. Yay. Mission accomplished. I have not just no faith, I have complete faith in these political minions to do exactly what they are being placed there to do, which is to sell you down the river. And if you fall for it, you are a sucker. It's the steam valve release. Ah, people are getting kind of pissed. People are getting a little uppity. Let's throw them some crumbs and make them think that there's a little bit of pushback happening in this system. Let's do the one step back while they'll do the two steps forward. And as we've been saying for weeks and weeks, travel ban, biometrics, get everybody on board to cheer for it. That's how we get going on this New World Next Week, episode 536. Our second segment, we will fly off to Dubai with our carbon footprints for COP28 UN Climate Summit to officially target meat eating. Eat less meat is the message for the rich world in food's first net zero plan. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat as part of the first comprehensive plan to bring the global agri-food industry into line with the Paris Climate Agreement. The Global Food Systems Roadmap to 1.5C expected to be published by the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization during the COP28 summit starting pretty much right as people will be getting this episode, November 30th, running all the way to December 12th. Wonder if there'll be any, you know, false flag terror sort of events that they can use to grandstand while they're all together at their meeting. Nations that overconsume meat will be advised to limit their intake while developing countries where underconsumption of meat adds to a prevalent nutrition challenge will need to improve their livestock farming, this according to the FAO. From farm to fork, food systems account for about a third of global greenhouse gas emissions, and much of that footprint is linked to livestock farming, a major source of farts, deforestation, and biodiversity loss. Although non-binding, the FAO's plan is expected to inform policy and investment decisions and give a push to the food industry's climate transition, which has lagged other sectors in commitments. The guidance on meat is intended to send a clear message to governments. We want you to starve your slaves to death. That's the quiet part. But politicians in richer nations typically shy away from policies aimed at influencing consumer behavior, especially where it involves cutting consumption of everyday items. Livestock is politically sensitive, but we need to deal with sensitive issues to solve the problem, said Danush Dinesh, the founder of ClimEat, <laughs> which works to accelerate climate action in food systems. If we don't tackle the livestock problem, we are not going to solve climate change. The key problem is overconsumption. So... You know, it's the human cattle livestock and the actual just cows livestock. In other eugenics news, I think that goes quite well with this, James, Rothschild-owned Economist magazine says blocking out the sun's a respectable idea. And what do they mention in this article? It's pretty giant. Don't mention the G word. You know what the G word is. That's something we've talked about years past, where we told people, don't say chemtrails. They'll think you're nuts. Use their terminology. Well, as we have been for these 14 years, always ahead of the curve on New World Next Week, they've now caught up with us and are going, ah, stop using the word geoengineering. They know we know that word now, too. We stop saying chemtrails. 
because they were saying geoengineering. Now they're adjusting their propaganda. This is all, of course, a complete scam. This is Carlin-esque Ministry of Truth language propaganda. So how do you think those globalist scumbags are going to get to their eugenics summit? They ain't riding a bike and they ain't taking public transportation with the stinky pores. You can bet your bottom gov coin on that. Richest 1% admit as much CO2 as the poorest two-thirds of the planet. This from Rupert Murdoch, Sky News. The super rich have been accused of plundering the planet while the poor pay the price after a report by Oxfam highlighted the gap between the carbon footprints of millionaires and the rest of the world. But man, James, I bet the child sex slave market's going to be just booming during COP28 in Dubai. And they won't even have to sweep up all those icky homeless people like they did in California recently when their Chai Com overlord visited. I believe that was on the previous episode of New World Next Week. James. That's right. Hey, it's the end of November, so you know what that means. It's time for the globalist confab and everyone to swoop in on their private jets to lecture the peons about how eating meat is killing the planet, etc., etc. And it's not just the hypocrisy, although it is is the hypocrisy. I mean, for one, for one point, that shows, it shows that they do not believe what they are saying. Yeah, we'll jet around in our private jets, but how dare you? It they They're showing by their actions that they don't believe that this is killing the planet. Um, but uh, it goes deeper than that. I mean, one example of this, I can point to a recent article, upcoming UN climate confab could have largest carbon footprint in events history by noting that the number of participants expected to arrive in Dubai for this is 70,000 people, which is double the previous record amount of participants in this. And one of the implications of that is that this is no longer just some sort of conference or some sort of, you know, oh, we're, we're deciding how best to save the world. It is becoming a an industry, a business. People's careers depend on this. And so once you, once you incentivize people in that way, you better believe they're going to find ways to continue to alarm and scare the public with a series of a hobgoblin, each more imaginary than the last. Um, and we can take this in a lot of different directions. I'll just point people, for example, to Roger Pilkey Jr., who on his recent Honest Bro- Broker Substack um, pointed out that global climate policy hasn't made much difference on energy transitions, in case you were curious. I'll also point people to What's Up With That that had COP28, Who Matters, where they point out an interesting New York Times graphics department infographic talking about the uh, the top 60 power-producing countries and uh, and their um, their contributions to this CO2 scourge, because CO2 is the, the global thermostat, right, guys? Even if you believe that, um, this infographic actually points out that really the only nations that matter at all with regards to this overall problem that they're defining are China, US, India, Russia, Japan, um, basically the entire rest of the world. I mean, Canada and these other countries that are committing to absolutely decimating their, their, their agricultural industries, sacrificing them on the, the altar of this Mother Gaia throne that's being erected, will make absolutely, truly zero, no difference whatsoever to the global temperature, even if you believe their malarkey. And really, really, it is China. When you look at the graph of the, the growth, um, in terms of their production, um, their carbon dioxide levels. Anyway, I don't believe any of that 
garbage nonsense. But even if you do, the the only country that really matters in this, really, we're looking at China, India, I suppose, US. Those are the only countries that could have any conceivable effect on this. So it isn't about that. What is it about? Well, one aspect of this, of course, is the control. And that is manifested in the Eatzabugs agenda, which we are already being told is going to be the number one thing. They're going to use this as the, the big platform for lecturing us. How dare you try to eat meat? as protein. No, 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 no. What can we replace it with? Well, Newsweek has an, uh, uh, an idea for you. Bugs instead of turkey? Why insects make a perfect Thanksgiving dish and how to cook them? Oh, thank you, Newsweek. Hard-hitting news as usual. And just in case, just in case you think, oh boy, I can't wait for those brick saviors to come in and get rid of those nasty globalists. I'll just point people in the direction of the latest Slav Squat blog. Uh, Moscow challenges Washington's fly larvae hegemony. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mishushtin uh, quietly signed a degree allowing food manufacturers to produce coarse larvae flour and other anti-globalist delicacies. <laughs> uh, anyway, you got to read through that to get the, the full story. So this is about implementing control. As we've always said, as we've always pointed out, and how are they doing that? If you want to know how this works, what is COP? What is this COP28 they're talking about? It is Conference of the Parties. And if you want to know why that is important to the real global governmental structure that is already functioning, boy, have I got an editorial for you that I just wrote a couple of weeks ago. This is how global government is run and what's coming next. Because guess what's embedded in Article 21 of the new WHO pandemic agreement they're working on behind closed doors? a conference of the parties, so they can meet every single year and make an industry out of the biosecurity industry that they're creating and do it in exactly the same way they're running the global warming change scam. And if you don't know about this, it's incumbent on you to know about this. This is how global government is run. And the war of terror, essentially, you know, this is going to go on for generations. They set it up to make it last forever. Like you're just saying, it becomes a business. If the business was to make people well, well, they're certainly never going to finish with that business in the health scare industry. So we're all, of course, locked down like slaves, forced to go to work and school via Zoom or whatever, while they fly all around to talk about how things are damaged by, what, other people flying around, I guess. And like you said... They know that this is BS. Like I said during COVID, if they really believed this was true, if they really believed Jason Voorhees or some serial killer monster was outside the door, they would not have been sneaking around to break their lockdown rules. They know it is BS. Our third and final story, the wild card story on this neural next week, Sports Illustrated published articles by fake AI-generated writers. Grabbing this from Futurism.com, there was nothing in Drew Ortiz's author biography at Sports Illustrated to suggest he was anything other than human. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors, excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature. Nowadays, there's rarely a weekend that goes by where Drew isn't out camping, hiking, or just back on his parents' farm. The only problem, outside of Sports Illustrated, Drew Ortiz doesn't exist. He has no social media presence, no publishing history, and even more strangely, his profile photo on Sports Illustrated is also for sale on a website that sells AI-generated headshots where he's described as a neutral white young adult male with short brown hair and blue eyes. 
Ortiz isn't the only AI-generated author published by Sports Illustrated, according to a person involved with the creation of the content who has to be kept anonymous to protect them from getting fired, which I imagine they will anyway. There's a lot they told us of the fake authors. I was like, what are they? This is ridiculous. This person does not exist. At the bottom of the page, there'd be a photo of a person or some fake description of this, like John lives in Houston. He loves yard games, hanging out with his dog, stuff like that. It's just crazy. It's just crazy, says the guy who ginned all of this up for Sports Illustrated. The AI author's writing often sounds like it was written by an alien. One Ortiz article, for instance, warns that volleyball, quote, can be a little tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice with. Which is true. That is a 100% true statement, according to a second person involved in the creation of Sports Illustrated content, who also asked to be kept anonymous. That's because it's not just the author's headshots that are AI-generated. At least some of the articles themselves, they said, were churning out, turned out using AI. The content is absolutely AI-generated, the second source said, no matter how much they say that it's not. After Futurism reached out with questions to the magazine's publisher, The Arena Group, all the AI-generated authors disappeared from Sports Illustrated's website without explanation. This story is kind of wild. The too-long-didn't-read... Sports Illustrated bought AI-generated headshots and created fake writer profiles so they could publish AI-generated content and try to make it look real. But James, everything about Millie Vanilli in this sort of scenario, I don't think people would even notice or even care anymore. This, this does tie into, I think, the, the fake Drake conversation that you and I still need to have. I think what is happening here with the AI destruction of all things human, this is another part of the post-humanist agenda, I think it seems kind of like a fait accompli for the normie world. It reminds me of what Orange Man Trump said about American golfers selling out to the new Saudi Golf League. If you haven't heard of this story, follow me. New Saudi Arabian Golf League. Because again, sports are constantly trying to sell out and look for other avenues because regular old white American dudes kind of turned off by its fake woke rigness. All those golfers that remain loyal to the very disloyal PGA in all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with the Saudi League comes and you get nothing but a big old thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. That's my analogy for what's happening with this AI situation. If you think you're going to last in the beast system... You better cash out now before they scan your bodies to make dumbass movies and TV shows, yeah. James. Very good point. And in fact, that, that resonates with something you said earlier this week on Morning Monarchy. Um, you, you were talking about how you 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 walked away from the, the, the mainstream radio job to go do your own thing. And no one in mainstream radio world understood why or what are you doing? This is a perfectly good job. And what happened to them after you left? Oh, right. They go under because that is the, uh, the direction things are trending. And unless people are going independent, doing your own thing. And as this, I think it was at this article or another one that I was reading about this pointed out, um, there are writers that are leaving these types of floundering entities and going and starting their own substack and suddenly making more money than they ever did as a freelance writer for this beast system. So 
anyway, there's there's a lot to think about here. And yeah, one one thing that comes to my mind with regards to this story is that at least at this point, it's still ham-handed enough that this can be quite easily exposed with the ridiculous, you know, uh, not just the volleyball thing, but uh, I think they point out another, like, list of top five ways that you can improve your finances that one of these bots turned out for another um, uh, rag, uh, thestreet.com, I think. And it was uh, number one, blah, 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 number one, blah, 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 number one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it couldn't leave, it couldn't, literally couldn't even count to five but it gets automatically published. Anyway, so it's just nonsense, but at least it's ham-handed nonsense that you can identify at this point. But within a few years, I'm sure they'll have it tailored and streamed so that you'll never know. You'll have no idea if this or that writer exists or is a human being or not, and you'll never be able to find out because, hey, it's dumb Xers like us who don't know this technology who are going and buying headshots of fake people off of these sites or whatever, um, as opposed to the young kids growing up who will be able to auto-generate them with Dolly or whatever kids are using these days. But actually, I'll take this in a completely different direction because this lines up with a story that came out November 28th, 2023. Popular science shuts online magazine in another sign of decline. So at least Sports Illustrated is still a thing and still going. But Popular Science, three years after stopping their print edition, are now shutting down their online magazine. So now it is just going to be a website full of articles and videos and podcasts kind of randomly, right? At, like, pretty much everything on the web. And of course, because, yeah, print magazines, come on, that's ridiculous. That's dinosaur stuff. You're going to chop down a bunch of trees and print stuff on them and then send them out to people? or That's ridiculous. No, I'll just get it online. But online magazine? Who reads an online magazine? No, no, no. I just want an article. I want a video. I want a podcast. I'll click through and I'll click off and it doesn't matter. I'm not loyal to some magazine. I'm not going to be tied into some turning digital pages. So the concept of media itself is changing. And as this story goes on to note, part of this is, they don't call it this, but it is the transition to the post-literate society where people are not reading as much. They're watching more. And that is the direction things are going. And you can love that or hate it or whatever you think about that direction. That is the direction society is going in. It will have huge and profound ramifications on civilization itself and note to self, I think this might make good fodder, fodder for a, a coming editorial. But anyway, um, I'm definitely thinking about this, and I think other people should be too. We are going through an incredible change right now, revolutionary change in terms of the way media is presented to people, how they internalize it, how it's the, the entire business structure behind it. It is going to change and shape our society itself and the way we relate to society, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I don't know. I find this fascinating. As a uh, media major yourself, I'm sure you find this fascinating too. Um, I I'll have a lot more to say about it in the future. James, I, I would argue that maybe it's the Gen Xers and possibly no other generation are the ones that can spot this fakeness. I mean, we grew up with movies where the effects were still real. They were using practical effects. It was before it all went CG. I would argue that the generation that already believes deer antler filters and all this crap is real, they'll be the ones to completely go along with all this and won't even have the power to consider whether or not it would be fake, as predicted in 1984. I'm still old guy that loves physical media. I have a print subscription to Sports Illustrated, James. And you remind me, National Geographic is actually 
suspending. They are not going to print a print physical magazine anymore. One of the most iconic magazines in, in history, Dunzo. It's just going to kind of disappear. James, that radio company that I worked for, they filed for bankruptcy, which of course just gives you time to get all your ducks back in a row. They, of course, didn't go out of business. They're back raging with that AI DJ that was introduced several months back. If you remember that story, Portland Radio Station introduces AI DJ. That's the friggin' company I used to work for that I walked away from with my head held high. And that is New World Next Week, episode 536. Organic zip-up cotton hoodies made and printed in America using non-toxic inks and unisex sizes. This is the beautiful Media Monarchy hoodie. As I think I said last week, only the zipper is made out of big oil, but you, you can do that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a smooth ride. I've got the Corbett Report hoodies on the store. We've got the Media Monarchy hoodies in the store. Maybe you're you're rocking your Monarchy shirt. I'm rocking the Monarchy hoodie. Next week we'll do maybe we'll we'll wear all the Corbett gear. We also now have stickers on the store as well. We are rocking a buy two get one free deal again. We've never run a store before. We're trying to figure out the best, most efficient way for all of this to work really the, the best way. And people who have ordered previously know. We've been giving you free stickers for years. So we'll even throw in a couple of free stickers if you buy the regular stickers for purchase. We are down to the last dozen or so. Media Monarchy 2023 red baseball caps, most recently seen on Brock and Corby's noggins in Japan. Did you guys get to make some pleasure in with the business? A little bit, but it was mostly business. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but uh, it was a great time. And uh, Brock somehow managed to time it exactly with the weather gods. So he got a nice streak of nice warm weather. And now it's freezing cold again. I'm going to have to put on a jacket just to sit in this room. But I'm, I'm rocking the Media Monarchy t-shirt. And I hope everyone else out there is as well. Anyway, I think that'll do it for this week. Unless you have anything else to add? That's it, man. All right. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for doing what you do. Love you. Appreciate you, man. Take care.